0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode two of Marvel Mania. Thanks so much for joining me on today's episode. And we have oh boy, we have a lot to talk about. Before we get into the just copious amounts of news and reveals and announcements that have come out over the past week, uh, I just wanted to give a few notes before we start into the real uh, meat of the episode, if you will. First of all, thank you guys so much for the support on the first episode. We are just getting started and we are now on Spotify. So if you check us out on Spotify, just look for Marvel Mania. The first episode and all future episodes will be there if you prefer. And we are working on getting the episode to Apple Podcast as well. Um just pending approval and things like that. So, you know, I'll I'll update you guys on the podcast if uh if that, if and when that goes through. So that's the first thing. The second thing is if you guys are listening now and if this is the only thing you take away from the episode, I would love uh, to hear your guys' questions and comments and feedback and thoughts, not just on the podcast, but also about Marvel in general, because I am trying as soon as I get enough questions to do a segment on the show called Marvel Mailbag, where I just take your guys' questions uh, and comments and theories about the MCU, and Marvel in general. So please, if you guys have anything that you want to talk about, you want me to talk about or discuss a fan theory, speculation, a question about the MCU, please drop it uh, down below in the comments or email me at accessblockbusters at gmail.com. Message me on Instagram. Any Anything goes. Um, you know, as long as your question is reasonable or your comment is as well, uh, then I will definitely make sure to take it uh, in the next episode or in a future episode of Marvel Mania. So stay tuned for that. Again, if you want to you know, click off at any point, I hope you listen to the whole episode, but because we got, um, you know, some exciting stuff to talk about, but if you decide to click off, just, you know, make sure to take some time and drop a comment and drop a question, uh, in this video. Anyways, uh, that about wraps it up for this episode. So I guess getting into the real, uh, sort of meat of the episode, I use that expression already, but, um, there are really only two things that I want to talk about that sort of encapsulate everything, if you will. The first thing is Spider-Man 3. There has been a lot of news, rumors, speculation, everything about Spider-Man 3, and we're going to talk about all of that uh, on this episode. And the second thing, of course, is all the reveals from the Disney investors meeting. So yeah, the way that this is going to go, we're just going to be talking all things Spider-Man 3 first, um, and then we're going to be... Uh, you know, discussing all the rumors, Tobey Maguire, Alfred Molina, all the good stuff. Uh, and then we're gonna be transitioning into the Disney investors meeting. And the way that I thought I would do this is because Disney and Kevin Feige basically talked about every single project that's coming up at some in some capacity. So basically what we're going to do is we're going to go through every single MCU phase four and phase five project that has been confirmed by Marvel and talk about what they revealed Uh, at the Disney investors meeting, because they revealed at least a little bit of something about almost every single project, including announcing some new projects. So again, uh, I'll leave some timestamps in the description below for each and every project that we're going to be talking about, but we're going through every single project that has been announced uh, for the future of Marvel. And that's exciting. It's going to be a wild ride. It's going to be a long episode, so stay tuned. Um, But yeah, let's talk about some Spider-Man 3. So I want to sort of clear up something Uh, that I think has been confusing a lot of people thus far, and I just want to take some time to clarify what has been confirmed, uh, or at least all but confirmed, and what is still rumored, because I think that is unclear for a lot of us. Um, And so I think that it's really important to understand what is going to happen versus what is rumored to happen. Uh, And even the thing that is confirmed to happen, which is Alfred Molina coming back as Doc Ock, we'll talk about that in just a second, but. Even that has not been officially confirmed by Marvel Studios. And the only thing that they talked about at the investors meeting is that Spider-Man 3 will be dealing with the multiverse, which we already knew, of course. So there is that, uh, you know, whether or not it, the other rumors are likely or not is a completely different story. And we'll talk about the likelihood of these things happening. But, you know, as for confirmed, even Alfred Molina is not officially confirmed, although uh, it is being reported by the major trade. So, you know, there's that. Um, so let's talk about Alfred Molina so the other day and i made a video about this breaking the news um along with a lot of other people is that alfred molina famous for his role in spider-man 2 for the comic book fans as dr Otto octavius doc ock will be coming back for spider-man 3 or the mcu spider-man 3 at the very least um and again like i said before it's not confirmed by marvel but the hollywood reporter i believe broke the news and they are a very reputable source so It is all but confirmed. I believe people had been actually seeing him uh, on set at the very least. So that's sort of where the rumors began. Uh, And then Jamie Foxx was cast as Electro. Lo and behold, Alfred Molina has come back uh, as Dr. Octopus. What do do I think about this news? I think it's great. You know, if Marvel is really doubling down on the multiverse in Spider-Man 3, then I think Otto Octavius is one of the best villains out of all uh, seven, is it now seven live action Spider-Man films? Um, and, and I think the best out of the five, uh, previous, you know, prior to the MCU Spider-Man films, I think he, to me, he is the best of those five. So I think that bringing him back, I know Alfred Molina is a little older now, I think in his late sixties, maybe early seventies, but you know, if it's, if you can CGI everything and he doesn't have to do physical stunts or anything, um, I am, so down for for dr octopus to come back and like i mentioned in that video uh you know i've been thinking a lot about this i think there is and this is you know i don't have any sources or anything to confirm this but i i think that you know the placement of the release dates, because if we think about a 2020 um in which there was no pandemic and you know that's wishful thinking for us all but uh, i think the release dates are a good indicator of what sony and marvel are trying to do and in, in so saying uh, let's look at Venom. Let there be carnage and Morbius. Those were those two films were scheduled to appear and be released before Spider-Man Three would hit theaters. I think that is very intentional because, as you can see now, they are still both slated to come out before Spider-Man Three. Um, and I think that no matter what, right? Even even you know the fact. I mean, the fact that they're more ready. Then, then Spider-Man 3 may have something to do with it. But I, I do think that um, there is some merit to the idea that, you know, they're setting up something within this universe. I think Jared Leto came out and said something about he's really excited to be part of an expanded universe or Spider-Man universe. And I was thinking about this and I remember the other day, just, you know, randomly remembering sad Kevin Feige memes. Um, but no, that that meme came from a 2017 interview where he and Sony executive producer Amy Pascal were promoting Spider-Man Homecoming. And that was the infamous quote where, you know, Amy Pascal said all the way back in 2017 that Spider-Man and Venom do exist in the same universe or adjunct universe is what she said. And if we know anything about Kevin Feige, you know, and we know quite a bit about Kevin Feige and the way he thinks now after seeing 23 films from him, um is that he is a meticulous planner. You know, back, I think a year or two years ago, he said he had the next five years of Marvel planned out. You know, he knows these things. So is it a surprise to me um, that Sony is, you know, and Sony and Marvel had this agreement all the way back in 2017, like we're we're trying to build this up so that we can bring the Sinister Six into the MCU. I don't think that's a stretch, to be honest. Now, what might complicate things is that last year, obviously the whole fiasco of Spider-Man being pulled out of the MCU. But honestly, I don't think that impacts things that much because then Sony is like, well, we can just put Spider-Man in our own films and make our own Sinister Six because, you know, the villains are, are villains. So again, I think the whole the plan all along has been Sinister Six. Um, I think Marvel didn't want to make a Venom movie. Uh, you know, I just, they're just too busy to do that. But I think Sony was perfectly happy to make a Venom movie, which I like, by the way. I know it didn't do well with critics, but I like that movie a lot, um, and I, I do enjoy Tom Hardy's portrayal as Venom. And I thought the Morbius trailer looks amazing, by the way. Um, I just there's something about that trailer that really captivated my attention. I, I just I love that trailer, and and of course you know seeing the Vulture in it as well is is pretty cool. Um, so again, I you know going back to the whole multiverse thing, I don't think it's a coincidence at all that Venom two and Morbius are slated to to appear. Uh, and hit theaters, hopefully theaters, before Spider-Man 3, because that makes six. We have two villains from the Raimi slash Garfield universe, we have two villains from um, the MCU, and we have two villains from what they're calling Spump, Spunk, or S-P-U-M-C, you know, the Spider-Man universe of Marvel characters. It's it's a really dumb name for, you know, what they're going for. But uh, at any rate... Um, you know, you, you would you would think after seeing MCU and DCEU and whatever they, they went with, that's PUMC, okay, you know, um, but but at any rate, you know, I I just think there is some merit to that idea because, like I said, you have Vulture, you have Mysterio, I do not think Mysterio is dead, I think they left it ambiguous at the time, maybe they, they had a plan at the time, maybe they didn't, but, you know, I, I think that he he's very much alive somewhere. Um I don't know how he, he's going to factor in to all of this, but you know, he will. So Vulture Mysterio makes 2. You have now confirmed Jamie Fox Electro and Alfred Molina Doc Ock and you have Venom or even Carnage if you if you want to make Venom an anti-hero. Maybe Venom teams up with Spider-Man. You know, maybe Carnage gets loose in um in the multiverse and and wreaks havoc amongst the MCU Spider-Man and Venom joins forces with the three Spider-Men. Um, Who knows? But you got Venom and you got Morbius. So, you know, again, I I just think it's very clear that we're getting a Sinister Six of sorts. You know, these villains are coming back, exploring the multiverse and all that. And Kevin Feige, again, he didn't say much about Spider-Man Three at the investors' presentation, which which surprised me a little bit. But you know, maybe I should have expected it, seeing that it's a Sony property. But he did say that they are going to deal with the multiverse. And I mean we knew that, but that explicit confirmation is a really interesting, uh, I guess, confirmation from Kevin Feige. So that's the confirmed stuff. Now, don't take the fact that I said Morbi- uh, Morbius and Venom are coming, in, and, and even Vulture and Mysterio. We don't know that. All we know for sure right now is that Electro and Doc Ock are going to be in the film. So then let's talk about rumors, because people seem to be saying that Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, Kirsten Dunst, and Emma Stone are going to appear in the movie, as well as a fifth character that we'll talk about in just a second, uh, the man with no fear. Um, Let's get one thing out of the way. This this is not confirmed by, by any reputable source. Now, I know Collider had been reporting that Tobey Maguire and, and, uh, no, I believe it was Andrew Garfield and, uh, Kirsten Dunst, interestingly enough, were, were set to reprise, their roles. Uh, and Tobey Maguire is working on a deal. Um, but again, Hollywood Reporter, Variety, Deadline, those are the, the real sources that we should be looking at, um, because those are the real reputable sources, and they have been, they have not been reporting this at all. So all those headlines that you saw of Tobey Maguire is reportedly returning are all stemming from one article um, that really, I mean, it could be true. So we'll, we'll get we'll get to that in just a sec. It could be true, but again, it's not confirmed to be true. But yeah, let's talk about that because while it is not confirmed, right? It is not confirmed that these characters are coming back to the MCU. I think it's only a matter of time. You know, personally, this uh, these rumors going around didn't didn't raise my expectations that they're going to be in the the film. They didn't lower it at all because as soon as Jamie Fox's Electro came in. I think, you know, my expectation was, yeah, we're going to see some sort of live action Spider-Verse. And then when Alfred Molina came in, I went, yeah, you know, it's basically a done deal. And then Kevin Feige says the multiverse. So it it is a done deal. That being said, I don't necessarily um I'm not ready to call it yet though. I'm not ready to make a video saying, you know, a breaking news video yet because I, you know, when I make those breaking news videos, they're only on um news that has been confirmed. You know, I really try hard to validate sources and make sure that the news that's coming out is true and not just you know random clickbait. And so, you know, I I I'm not making a Tobey Maguire Andrew Garfield video just yet because nothing has been confirmed by a reputable reputable source. Would I be happy for them coming back? Of course I would be. I mean, Spider Man Three is easily I I think it's easily my my most anticipated MCU project over the next few years. I, I'm just so looking forward to it. Um, and the fact that we might be getting, you know, the Spider-Man, which both of those, you know, actors, McGuire and Garfield had things I loved about them, things I didn't like about them. And to me, Tom Holland is still the best Spider-Man. Uh, just me personally, I know a lot of you guys feel differently and that's totally great, but I, I do really like the other Spider-Man. And so, uh, I would be more than happy to have them back. Now, am I worried that this movie is going to get a little crowded? Yeah, maybe because, you know, if you're going to have Dr. Strange in there as well, and the Sinister Six, it's going to be, you know, four heroes against six villains. Okay, you know, maybe. I mean it you know, it's happened but I mean Civil War had a bunch of people in it. So again, I'm just hoping that it, it remains a Tom Holland film, just how the Rooster Brothers were able to keep Captain America Civil War a Captain America film. Um but again, you know, I'm for now, I'm excited. I you know, I have reservations, I have doubts of course, but you know for now I am I'm really excited. But yes, as for the fifth character, um is Daredevil, Charlie Cox's Daredevil, going to be in it? Again, don't take that one to the bank. Even less so than um the Toby Maguire Andrew Garfield. I know people have been saying that their sources have confirmed these things and yada yada, but you know, until a reputable source comes out, I will be I will not be making a video about it. Um an official video, I mean. I, I, I might be making speculation and, and theories, but you know, like an official news video, I won't be making one. Uh don't don't you know, say that, say it as as if it's a done deal. In fact, I think it's much less likely that Daredevil, um, that Charlie Cox is going to be in, um, Spider-Man three. And I think, you know, I mean, it, Daredevil might be maybe, but it's Charlie Cox's Daredevil. I'm not sure. Um, because Kevin Feige would then be acknowledging that the Netflix shows, which had all got canceled. And I mean, that's going to be a whole mess unto itself. So again, it's, this is not me saying I wouldn't like to see it. Um, honestly, I'm not even sure if I would like to see it or not. I honestly, um, and we'll get, we'll get into this a little bit later with what Feige said about She-Hulk. I think She-Hulk might even be a better series for, for Daredevil to be in, uh, to be quite honest. I think Feige might've even hinted at it. Uh, We'll talk about it in just a second. But again, I think this movie is way crowded. Um, I love Charlie Cox's Daredevil. I, you have no idea guys. I adore that show. What that show did for Daredevil, you know, is what, um, let's just, you know, let's just say the MCU did for Spider-Man, for example, it it just revitalized my love for a character, um, and it made me just see them in a whole different, different way, in a different light, you know? They were able to just shed a different light on the character, uh, and give them dimensions, as I'm sure they're going to be able to do with WandaVision, Falcon, and the Winter Soldier, uh, and all those things. So, you know, does this mean that Charlie Cox's Daredevil isn't going to be in the sh- in the movie? Uh, I don't know that. Does it even mean that Daredevil is going to be in the show? Sh- I keep wanting to say show. In the movie, um, I don't know that either. I'm just saying that these reports are in, you know, by no way, shape, or form are they, uh, confirmed. Now, again, just to kind of tie things together, um, do I think that there are, there is a potential risk to, uh, doing a a multiverse event film with a Spider Man film, I I think there is some you know potential huge risk because the things that I loved about the previous two Spider Man films were the interpersonal relationships between the characters, Peter and M J, uh, Peter and Ned, you know Peter and Tony Stark, Peter and Mysterio. Uh, I think that's what John Watts did really well, and that's what he will do well in a uh, certain you know mystery Marvel project that we'll talk about later, um, but. I, I hope he's able to bring that to this third Spider-Man film. I really do because it is getting crowded. You know, let's not kid ourselves. This is a crowded film. But um, if anyone can pull it off, it's Feige, it's Watts, it's Holland and co. And again, I would put, I don't know if I would bet anything um, on on there being announcements this week. It is the week before Christmas week. I I would though, I would suspect that we're going to get an announcement um this week that that Toby McGuire and Andrew Garfield have signed on to be in Spider-Man 3. I just I feel like it, you know, it's it's just too high of a possibility, you know? Um because I I just think that given the multiverse implications, you have to bring the guys back, right? You know it has to be a thing. Um, so again, this week I would expect an announcement and I'll make a video probably about that when that comes out. If not this week, we'll have to wait probably into the new year because of the Christmas sort of news break that goes on, uh, but we'll have to wait and see. So Spider-Man 3, it it was my most anticipated project of, of, phase four and phase five. It still is. And you know, my excitement may have even just gone up and, uh, you know, nothing much else happened this past week. right? Except for a you know an investors meeting a shareholders meeting, but I mean they're just shareholders, right? No, okay, I'm just kidding. Yeah, that, I mean that event was crazy. Uh, first of all, if you um if you didn't watch the the entire presentation because you have uh, things to do, <laughs> I mean to be you know to be fair, I I was gonna just watch the content part or or at least even just you know keep up with the live blog, I started watching it. And honestly, it was just so interesting what they were talking about. I kind of got swept up in it and watched the whole, you know, the whole, uh, Pixar and, and Star Wars thing. And it was crazy, you know, the amount of things that they announced. And I, I you know, I, I, guess we'll talk about each thing individually, but I just want to say overall, uh, uh, quickly, quickly going to Black Widow before we officially talk about it here, um, is that, yeah, they're committing to the theatrical window uh, for Black Widow. And I think, you know, we'll talk about that in just a second, but I think that that these movies deserve to be seen on the big screen. Uh, we're seeing a huge fallout with Warner Brothers and HBO Max. I'm not backtracking on what I said last episode. I think economically somewhere, you know, there was a a good reason for Warner Brothers to put at least a few other movies on HBO Max and, and theaters, not their entire 2021 slate. I think James Gunn, and um, Denis Villeneuve have good reason to be very upset because their films aren't even coming out for a year, you know. Uh, and and the fact that Warner Brothers didn't tell them. You know, that's a completely different thing. Uh, I have no doubt that Kevin Feige, Alan Horn, Bob Iger would have told uh, Kate Shortland and Scarlett Johansson um, if if Black Widow was going to, to Disney+. Plus, and I'm sure they would have gotten their, their go-ahead, of course, with that. Um, but again, I think that that Disney is still committing to theaters. I think that... You know this this pandemic has really uh, changed the landscape, but I also think that there is a possibility for it to rebound as well. We'll have to see about that, you know, as as we go along. But um, I think overall, what Disney was able to do at this investors meeting was put the emphasis on streaming, because what I was worried about is Disney just ditching the theaters altogether for streaming. But what it looked like doing, they were doing was was saying. You know, no, we're gonna we're gonna focus on streaming, but but we're not. You know, we're committing to uh, the, th- the theaters as well. Uh, you know what I what I would equate it to. I don't know if you guys um, follow tech at all. Um, for you know, Apple, for instance. And, and by the way, when I was watching the presentation, I got huge Apple vibes from from what they were doing. Um, it was very much like the Apple events and, and all that sort of stuff. But it, it's not like Apple is saying, hey guys, so we understand that the iPhone is dying. So we're just going to make only iPads now. And we're just going to make you call people through your iPad. It's not like they're doing that. You know, it's like them saying, hey guys, so we're going to put a bunch of focus on the iPad, but we're still going to make quality iPhones. Uh, I don't know if that analogy works or not, if you guys understand, but that's sort of the vibe that I got. It's like, hey, we're not, you know, we're not um, ditching theaters altogether, uh, but we are going to put our emphasis on streaming because that's what we feel is important. Um, but we are also going to put movies in theaters because we can make money there. And we believe that, you know, in the cinematic experience. And I think that's awesome. Again, I was worried. I was really worried. They weren't able, they weren't going to be able to strike that, um, balance between the two, but it turns out that they did. And I was, I was very happy overall with almost everything that they announced, um, in this, um, in this panel, we'll, we'll talk about, you know, specific things here and there. So how this is going to work, this is going to take up the rest of the episode. It's going to be a lot. Um, I believe, I believe I counted, there were 21 projects in phase four and phase five confirmed, um, which is by the way, that's, that's insane. 21 projects or so, maybe 22. I'm not even sure. Um, we're going to go through each one, one by one, and we're going to talk about specifically what changed after this Disney investors meeting, what they announced, a trailer, um, you know, any new news, excitement levels. And if nothing happened, we'll just kind of skim over it, but you know, that's sort of, uh, uh, what we're where we're at. So, without further ado, and, and by the way, I'm I'm not going to go in announcement order because it looked like Kevin Feige was jumping all over the place. He went from Wandavision, then went to Doctor Strange, and then went back to Falcon and Winter Soldier. It was like he was going all over the place. Um, I'm going to go in in alleged release order because some things don't have release dates and things like that. I'm just going to kind of roughly try to ballpark it, um, and and we'll go from there. So let's start out with Wandavision. So I think we were all expecting a trailer for WandaVision, and uh, yeah, we got one, because we we had been seeing uh, on social media that they had been releasing posters uh, sort of leading up to um, a certain day, and it turned out that day was the investors' meeting, so it only made sense that Disney would reveal a new trailer for WandaVision, and they did. And I made a whole separate video sort of breaking down my thoughts on the trailer, so I won't go, you know, I won't... Uh, talk about every single scene but I I do want to reiterate a couple big takeaways that I had from the trailer here but overall I again I love the trailer I love the first trailer as well I think this show is just going to be something tremendously special I really do because um and I, I keep saying this but you know I will keep saying this uh as many times as I can uh the fact that you know I I thought Thor Ragnarok as soon as they announced it in 2014 um Maybe not as soon as they announced it, but as soon as they announced Taika, and and unveiled the logo and the new zany direction they were going in, I I just had a I had a hunch that it was going to be just this special special project, um, and it turned out it was. It was a great great movie that you know everyone else loves now. But I I called it first. I just want to say that. So I'm saying that you know some people are like, oh yeah, I'm not that excited for Wandavision, but I just have this gut feeling uh, that Wandavision is going to be. One of the best best things anything marvel show film uh whatever that that they do in in phase four phase five even phase one through th- phases one through three um so yeah this trailer it you know it kind of went through the same beats as the last one maybe showing a little bit of a variation uh going through the ages of the sitcom but what i loved about this trailer in particular is that it shows the the dev- the devolving nature of wanda's mind in in the form and the manifestation of the tv reality uh, as, as the trailer gets along, and as, as we see Monica Rambeau, which is, you know, it's really interesting that, that she's there, and she's sort of questioning who she is, we'll talk about it in a second, but uh, you can see that the walls of her reality are starting to flicker, like a TV screen. And that leads me to, uh, again, just reiterating from the breakdown, uh, one of the questions that I had, um, and one of the really big takeaways from the trailer is that voice through the screen that's saying, Wanda, who is doing this to you? Um, and that's really interesting, because if Wanda was, you know, having a mental breakdown of her own, which she still might be, and maybe that voice is, doesn't know that and is just you know thinking, oh, somebody's doing this to you, Wanda, that that could be the case, you know. Um, but again, I think that the wording is really interesting because it insinuates that this is being done to Wanda. This is not, you know, if, if we're going to take this at face value, which Marvel, you, you can never really trust their trailers, to be honest. but, um, yeah, take it—you at, you know—taking it at face value, somebody is apparently doing something to Wanda, uh, and and that's sort of confirming what we thought about Agatha Harkness and um, maybe even Mephisto uh, being in the show. But it's it's just a really interesting idea that maybe Wanda didn't lock herself in this reality, and maybe somebody else did. You know, we don't we don't know that. Uh, going back quickly to the Monica Rambeau thing, I think. That in itself is really interesting. I was talking with a friend. Um, I, I have this theory about that. I think I think basically she is a sword agent. It makes sense because she knew Nick Fury, uh, obviously from Captain Marvel, and so it would make sense that after seeing scrolls, she would want to join sword and you know be part of the organization. And so I would suspect that maybe Monica Rambeau uh, is sent to sort of check on Wanda. Maybe there was a disturbance and Wanda goes silent or something. And you know, I I don't know. Uh, and so monica goes in and and checks on wanda and gets sucked into a reality you know whether it was not wanda made it or agatha made it uh, who knows um but she gets sucked in and she sort of gets lost and she doesn't really remember who she is and so my my suspicion is that she gets lost in there and that's sort of what incites soar to go in and investigate and that's why they that's when they begin to realize what's going on uh it's it's really not at first to get wanda out of that reality it's more rather to get monica out and of course we see, we saw in the first trailer that she gets kind of kicked out of that reality, right? Um, and yeah, I think that is, um, you know, sort of where she gets her powers from. I, I don't know that or anything, but I do suspect we see that shot in the first trailer of her lying on the ground. I suspect that the whole arc is something like she goes in, gets lost, uh, sword tries to pull her out, Wanda sort of realizes what's going on, kicks her out of the reality. She gets her powers and then, you know, the chaos ensues. Not sure if that's you know you'll let me let me know in the comments down below um uh, what you guys think of that that theory but anyways you know that's just something I've been thinking about um, but like I mentioned in the video the second thing that I was um, kind of pondering about is uh, vision because at the end of the trailer vision says something like then let's fight for it when Wanda says this is our home so again this is Wanda acknowledging that she accepts this place to be her home this is where she believes. Uh, she belongs now um and and whoever has done this to her or or whether or not it's herself she has made it so convincing for herself that she she literally does not want to leave it looks like and vision says let's fight for it and so you know given the imagery of the mindstone at the end this makes me wonder um, is vision i think it's clear that vision is a manifestation of somebody's imagination uh, whether or not that's Wanda's or not, it remains to be seen. But Vision does not seem like a positive force in this series. I really do think that whether or not he's being, you know, mind controlled by Agatha Harkness or Mephisto, whether or not he's just a manifestation of Wanda's, you know, fantasies, I don't know. Um, but again, I just think that he, him saying that is really trying to force her to stay in the reality when in reality, you know, she should be leaving because obviously this reality is not good for her um so those were you know just i, I think i think those were really the two biggest things takeaways that i had from the trade three if you were you know counting the monica rambo as a separate uh sort of aside but overall again i am beyond excited for this show uh, we're going to see later with release dates that we're going to be getting marvel content week after week after week and that's just so exciting to me um especially after mandalorian you know um uh, Mandalorian ending uh, this week. Uh, that's you know season two has been great, but but we get to you know we get to see we don't have to wait another year for another Disney Plus Marvel Star Wars show. We we get to wait two weeks, and then we're just gonna keep getting it. Um, so that's really exciting. So yeah, that those are my quick thoughts on on Wandavision, and uh, yeah, now we move on to Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which has been confirmed to come next in the timeline. So we got we actually got a trailer for this and. Again, count me surprised. I honestly, uh, Marvel, the Marvel panel was last, right? And, um, you know, we, I mean, they showed a lot of little sizzles and things like that, but we didn't get to see a lot of those. They were, you know, mostly just for the investors. Um, and so when, when the Marvel panel happened, I was like, yeah, okay, so we're going to see a WandaVision trailer, and, you know, they might, they might reveal some things to investors and, and all that, but we're probably not going to get to see it. And lo and behold, we got, you know, three other trailers in a sizzle reel. Um, so I I was not expecting that at all. But we got a Falcon and the Winter Soldier trailer and we got a release date. Let's talk about the release date really quickly. It is coming on uh March nineteenth. And I believe Wandavision is six episodes. So I believe that it will end two weeks before um the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which makes sense because um or maybe three weeks before, because uh just like just like with between Mandalorian and Wandavision, Mandalorian's gonna end this week on the eighteenth. Uh, Soul is going to come out on the 25th, then I believe it's two weeks off, and then we got WandaVision. So I think they're following that same model, you know, not every single week, um, but pretty close to it. And if 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 it is six episodes indeed, then it's going to lead up, I think, right to Black Widow um, in early May, maybe a week in between. So again, going back to the idea that we're going to be getting Marvel content for, you know... I think the idea, I, I think the idea is really that we are going to be getting Marvel content almost every week of the year and you know i think that's just something that disney plus can afford us you know can afford to do now uh can can give marvel the opportunity to do and I, I just love that honestly i love that people talk about fatigue maybe in a year we'll be sick of it and disney plus will have to roll back the shows uh you know i don't know but um i mean we're not sick of netflix continuing to roll out shows over and over again and these are different shows they're not like 20 seasons of wandavision for example Um, So, you know, I'm excited. I really am. I think that this is an opportunity uh, to to make up for for nothing in 2020 and really just go for it in uh, 2021. So anyways, let's talk a little bit about the uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier trailer, which I loved. I I said in in one of the breakdown videos that um, I can't decide which one of the three main trailers was my favorite because I watch each one of them again. And every time I watch them, that particular trailer becomes my favorite. Whether or not it's Loki, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, um, or WandaVision, you know, whatever I'm watching at the time becomes my favorite trailer. It's just insane how good they are. Uh, this trailer shows us actually quite a bit in, in just a couple minutes. Um, and I think the idea of Falcon wrestling with the idea of who gets to hold the shield, and even America at large, even the world at large, of who gets to hold the shield after Steve Rogers steps down... Is a really fascinating question. It is a question that we, in a world where if you know Captain America did actually exist, um, that would be a question that we would have to to wrestle with. Who is going to be Captain America? Um, and 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 we see that Falcon, you know, he's gonna have to grapple with that against U.S. Agent, against the Flag Smashers, um, against Baron Zemo, um, and and I think that's that's a really really interesting thing. Now. I said in my breakdown for the falcon and winter soldier that uh these these people wearing the masks are a group of um a group of people that are working for flag smasher who's a, a comic book villain he's an anarchist basically uh it, it turns out that they're probably uh just sort of retconning it to be a group of people called flag smashers anarchists basically uh which is fine you know i i i i don't have a preference either way but i just wanted to point that out um that i i probably made a mistake on that so uh, there's that we do and then also we do get to see uh, some shots of Zemo as well uh, or maybe just a, one quick shot of Zemo standing in front of a Sokovia memorial which is really interesting but yeah the trailer I mean trailer doesn't give away much plot wise it you know it's just quick actiony shots we get we do get to see Sam and, and Bucky on a boat I guess they're talking and then on a plane uh, those are really the big settings there and and, and the fight on a truck um But again what i what i really loved about this trailer was the cinematic feel uh they've been talking about this for a while anthony mackie has that you know this has a cinematic feel and um you can really tell you know you can really tell this this is a uh this is a show that could easily be put onto the big screen it is just beautifully shot i i have to say one of the things that i wasn't expecting to see in a falcon and winter soldier trailer is just how gorgeously shot this is and I guess I should have expected that honestly because you know it, it looks great um but yeah I get you know the real the real uh sort of uh what's the expression I don't know what the expression I'm looking for is but um the big moment at the end right Falcon flying through the canyon was was spectacular you know that is film quality action and um I was just breath you know I, I my, my breath was taken away honestly. After seeing this trailer, you know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I was excited for because I thought, oh, yeah, you know, a sort of spy thriller, espionage, Winter Soldier, political thriller would be a really interesting way to go. Um, But I just hadn't really seen anything to get me excited for it. And so I was like, okay, you know, fine. Uh, But seeing this trailer, this has probably become one of my most anticipated projects for the MCU going forward. So, you know, that is the goal of every trailer and uh, because that is the goal of every trailer it did its job beautifully so that was uh yeah that was Falcon and the Winter Soldier and so after these two tv shows we are going to be getting um Black Widow now the thing with Black Widow is that they sort of they kind of um, brushed it aside and, and didn't really make a big deal out of it but yes it does appear that it's going to be in theaters um what do I think about this move I think that this is a good move for now. Honestly, with the vaccine and with the state of the world, who knows where we're going to be at in May of 2021. They moved Raya and the Last Dragon to Disney Plus, and I think that's smart because I think March, it, we're not going to be ready to go back to theaters. And I think May might even be a stretch. But I do think, here's what I do think, um, in light of the news that Black Widow is saying in theaters, I think that no matter what, no matter what black widow is going to hit that release date one way or the other whether it's on disney plus or in theaters or both because at this point right with all the mcu projects being announced and all those things the mcu is moving forward in its timeline black widow can no longer afford to just stall around and get delayed again it has to hit the release date because of you know florence pugh's character yelena belova is going to be appearing in shows in 2021 uh, confirmed to be in Hawkeye, and probably even going to be in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So no matter what, I think Black Widow is hitting that release date. Do I think it's going to hit theaters solely? I don't. I don't know where the US will be at in May for, you know, if it will be safe enough to do that. I, I do suspect that this is going to be the case of Uh, you know, the sooner we get there, the Marvel will make a decision on that to put it in theaters and on Disney plus or just Disney plus premier access. I doubt it, but you know, we'll, we'll see about that. Um, but again, I think it's a good thing that at this time, especially in light of what Warner brothers has done, Marvel is holding their ground. You know, they are committed to doing this on a case by case basis. And I think that is a really smart thing to do. Um, you know, a really smart thing to do because, it just uh, this world is 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 uncertain right now and and relating to the world of movies the theater situation is uncertain uh for hbo max to go out there and i said this in last week's episode uh, you know again agreeing with the economic side of this but also questioning why they would release their entire 2021 slate suicide squad doesn't come out until august dune didn't isn't coming out until october you know why would you do that um when you could have a safe world with theaters, and that would just look really bad on you. So the fact that Disney is taking this on a case-by-case basis, I think is a good thing. Um, I, I personally am happy with the news for now that it's going to be in theaters. Ask me again in three months, in five months, and even three weeks. I don't, who knows where we're going to be at? Um, but again, it just all depends on where we're at in uh, May of 2021. All right, but aside from Black Widow, we got another trailer. More trailers, I know, it's crazy, but we got a trailer for Loki. Um, and, uh, yeah, like I said in the breakdown video, you know, I, I'm not entirely sure why I wasn't excited for Loki. I just, for some reason, you know, in the back of my mind, I, I always just thought of Loki as a side character. Uh, to me, he was all he always, you know, was always a side character. Um, and I just, I don't know. There's something there that made me go, yeah, I don't know if he can lead a show. Well... All of those fears and doubts were dispelled with this one trailer because this trailer was awesome. It, um, for those of you who watched Umbrella Academy, it gave a lot of, uh, the commission vibes, you know, the, the time variance authority, which again, I understand that the time variance authority in the comics probably came before Umbrella Academy. So it's just a matter of the Umbrella Academy show came first, but it's, it, you know, it's sort of the same thing, right? Like this organization in suits working out the different timelines and all those sorts of things. Um, but yeah, this show looks bonkers. I mean, just the fact that Loki will be playing, um, or will be, I guess, impersonating D.B. Cooper. Uh, and for those of you guys don't know the story, um, he was basically, uh, I, and I, I don't really fully know the story. I just know that he, he was, uh, you know, he had a bunch of money. He, he jumped out of a plane and he was never seen, you know, never seen again. Um, and, uh, they found a few, few, uh, bills in the, the Columbia's, I uh, think the, the Columbia's the Columbus river. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I really think that this is a rich and interesting way to take Loki, like different conspiracy theories. Hopefully they don't go too far with them, obviously, but just, you know, different conspiracies where Loki could have jumped in in time. Uh, just, just seeing the realization of that. And again, like Falcon and the winter soldier, this trailer was shot like a movie you know this this show i I should i I should say uh looks like it was shot like a movie um it has it you know it it has uh uh just gorgeous cinematography like i think a moon was exploding at one point you had this just broken avengers uh tower in new york city loki tom hiddleston looks amazing as always and this is a show i think that is going into pre-production for season two and I, i believe that this is a show that can keep going and going and going because of just the nature of the time meddling. You can do so many things with this uh, and this character and everybody loves Loki. So I think Tom Hiddleston, you know, he is dead. His character is dead in the MCU, but there is a rich potential to uh, keep him around, you know, in the MCU for a lot longer. So for a show, uh, by the way, it's it's coming out in May, I believe, which is crazy. I thought it would be coming out in late or mid 2021, but no, it's it's coming out in May, which I believe was actually the original um the original release set i believe spring 2021 was the original release date for for loki so i think everything actually did keep its its original release date except for falcon and the Winter soldier um which got pushed uh from august i guess fall 2020 um but you know still and, and at any at, at any rate uh, yeah, this this trailer just w- looked phenomenal. I love Tom Hiddleston in the role. I think he's going to do a great job with Loki. So, solid trailer. No, more than solid trailer. Amazing trailer that more than raised my excitement for the new Loki show. And then finally, one of the last trailers that we got. We got another sizzle reel to talk about. But one of the last trailers is for uh for What If? Which is, I believe, coming out in the summer of 2021. Not exactly sure if it's before Shang-Chi or uh, after Shang-Chi or, or maybe you know, during in the middle, I'm uh, not entirely sure, but, uh, yeah, we got a trailer for it. And honestly, you know, this is probably the most underwhelming trailer because it's probably one of the projects I'm not looking forward to the most. Um, not because I don't think it looks good. I think it looks great, honestly. Um, but you know, you know, me, I am a, if you know me, at least, uh, from watching the channel, uh, I, I am a big, uh, story enthusiast. I, I believe that story and, and villains, of course, but you know, story and villains, uh, story is very important. Which is why I love the MCU so much and just their way of interconnecting all the different stories together. Uh, And so, you know, What If is a fun conceptual show that I think will do well as a little side uh, palette cleanser. And I think it works well as a palette cleanser because if we just keep getting these hard hitting MCU shows every single year, uh, week week after week after week, you know, it's going to become too much, I think. So I think this is a good sort of palette cleanser where you can watch it for fun if you don't have to watch it if you don't want to follow the canon. Um, but it's, you know, 10 episodes long, which is great. And, uh, yeah, the trailer didn't show much. There was one shot that I thought was interesting of, of Loki, uh, I think, uh, uh, giving a speech somewhere as the King of Asgard is what it looked like, or the King of Earth even. Not sure about that. We see Dr. Strange fighting himself, it looks like. Um, and again, we see the same things as usual. The zombie cap, the, the Peggy, Captain America, uh, the Black, the Black Panther, um as star lord i believe that will be chadwick boseman's last portrayal of the character in the mcu so that's um obviously very dis- you know devastating uh, uh for for all of us but um and we'll talk a little bit more about chadwick boseman in, in a bit but again what if you know it looks fun uh, i'm not over the moon about this show but the trailer did fine it it did what it had to raised excitement for us all and i and honestly i think they're keeping a lot of things from us as well you know, because there are, there are 10 episodes, 10 different storylines, and they only showed about, I think, revealed about 5 or 6 of them. So, it, it you know, the rest of them could be anything. And, and I'm excited for that. Now, the next three projects, uh, I'm going to sort of skim over. Two of them, nothing much was revealed about them at the uh, investors meeting, and the other being Spider-Man 3, which we've talked about extensively. Um, so, yeah, the Eternals and Shang-Chi... Uh, really, nothing. You know, those films are done, or, or basically done at the very least, and and they'll come out when they come out. Um, so, you know, whenever that will be, hopefully at their release dates, uh, we'll see. And Spider-Man three, obviously, very excited for. The only thing Kevin Feige said about it was that it, you know, was tying into the multiverse somehow, which we already figured. Um, and so, you know, I won't. I, I've talked extensively about those other shows because of the trailers and things and, and, and we have other, you know, interesting things to talk about later down the line. So those three projects, we'll just kind of skim over and then move on to the next thing. And this is the last piece of footage that we got. This was, uh, Miss Marvel and Miss Marvel has a sizzle reel already. I think they've been filming for what a week now or something. So that's kind of crazy that they were able to edit something together. Um, but I thought, you know, I, I, I get the controversy and, and all that that's going on, um, and I don't really want to get into it here. So I'll just say from you know just from a creative standpoint, um, I think that the casting process was really interesting to look at. I sizzle, sizzle reels in general are not that interesting to be honest because they're I mean they're interesting from the sense of you get a, you get an idea of the production and um, the casting and all that sort of stuff. Usually not that interesting, but in this case I did find it very interesting how. They were able to cast their Miss Marvel uh, through Zoom, basically, which is um, very twenty twenty. Uh, but I, I actually kind of kind of like that. I kind of loved how Kevin Feige was telling Yaman Villani, who was playing Miss Marvel, Kam- uh, Kamal Khan, that um, she was gonna get the part. And I, you know, I think that's a, that's a great thing that they're moving forward with all these uh, shows and and whatnot. And and from the limited footage that we've seen, again, it just looks like establishing shots and. You know her walking around and interacting with people, looks looks good. She looks good in the role. Um, we saw some set photos a while ago, of her kind of dressed as Captain Marvel, and it is clear that you know she is going to look up to Captain Marvel a lot, which is you know take it for what you will. Uh, I I think Endgame sort of soured my the taste of Captain Marvel for me. I you know it just just didn't work in Endgame, but I I hope that's an Endgame thing because after rewatching Captain Marvel the movie I genuinely did like Brie Larson in that movie. So uh here's hoping that Captain Marvel 2 will be able to we'll, we'll talk about Captain Marvel 2 in, in a bit. But anyways, yeah, Miss Marvel uh you know, it looks good. It it looks it looks good and surprisingly it it does have a fall 2021 release date. You know when when Marvel announced their original slate of shows that included Loki, Hawkeye, Black uh, not Black Widow, WandaV- WandaVision and and all that and then they released uh or announced three new shows, uh She-Hulk, Miss Marvel and Moon Knight. I expected those to be all in phase 5 or so. Um turns out that no Miss Marvel is coming up before Hawkeye it looks like. And um yeah, I think that's exciting, you know, it's it's tangible, it's it's here, it's coming. And uh yeah, can't wait for that. Uh Hawkeye was the next or is the next thing being released. Honestly not that much about that um They confirmed that Haley Steinfeld will be playing Kate Bishop. Um, aside from that, not that much. You know, we, we've seen some more set photos that have come out with, with, uh, Kate Bishop in uniform. Looks great. Again, I, I don't, you know, I don't have anything else to say from last week because last week we, we, uh, unpacked the, um, the, the casting news, I believe. So looks great. Nothing much was talked about it, um, during the presentation, um, but yeah, I think the 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 next important thing that we want to talk about is uh, is a little project called Thor: Love and Thunder, right? So we got two pretty big announcements. Well, I guess one pretty big announcement and the one little, you know, not it, little depending on who you are or or not. Uh, but an, an, an announcement that didn't really come from Disney Marvel just sort of came out uh, recently. And I think it's re- I think it's um, confirmed by the sources. I'm not entirely sure, but the first big thing, obviously, Christian Bale. We know we knew is going to be in Thor: Love and Thunder, but Kevin Feige confirmed he is playing Gore, the God Butcher, um, and and again that is you know that is something that we we've speculated for a while. I, I you know people were like Beta Ray Bill. I I honestly thought that 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 was ridiculous. I I don't think that Christian Bale would sign up to play Beta Ray Bill, um, but a character like Gore, the God Butcher, I I can see it. Uh, you know, Gore, he has a very tragic backstory. Um, I believe with, uh, I'm not entirely familiar with, with it, but I, I do remember hearing that it is uh, indeed very tragic. And so it'll play well, um, hopefully with, with the sort of tragic, you know, tragedy comedy duality, I think of, of Thor, Love and Thunder, because again, Jane will have cancer. It's, you know, it's a very tragic, serious thing. Uh, and she'll also be a superhero. So, I'd like to see how Taika kind of balances those things because he does it very well, uh, better than anybody. You know, in, in Jojo Rabbit, if you haven't seen the film, uh, he, that scene, I, I won't give it away, the scene with, with uh, you, you know this scene, the scene. Um, it, it is devastating amidst a hilarious comedy. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking very much forward to this. And then the second piece of news is very small, but I th- I think, you know, interesting in that uh, Jamie Alexander, I think, is returning uh, to play Sif. Um, am I over the moon about this? Uh, no, not really. Um, I'm not one of those people who sided with Jamie, you know, with Sif over, over Jane Foster. I don't, I, I never really uh, cared too much, to be quite honest with you. I, I never thought Thor ever needed a love interest at all. Um, it, this is going to be love and thunder, you know, take that for what you will, but, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. You know, maybe it'll be revealed where she went off to. Uh, I, I I, don't know. But, um, yeah, why not? I, I, I guess. You know, Taika was seen taking a picture with Idris Elba as well. So I, why not? I, I guess if you're going to bring back Kat Dennings into Phase 4 and, and WandaVision, uh, why not bring in, you know, Jamie Alexander as Sif? I, I got nothing, you know, no problems with that at all. So, yeah. And speaking of uh, a casting news, let's talk a little bit about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness as well. Uh, we got some official confirmation from that as well about some casting. Uh, but I guess before I mention that, I want to really quickly point out, uh, I forgot to mention that Thor Love and Thunder actually did move release dates. I think it was confirmed after the fact. Um, and I believe it will be moving to May of 2022, taking Black Panther's release date. Uh, we'll, we'll go you know into casting a little bit later, or, or uh, sorry, release dates a little bit later. But Black Panther just quickly moved to July 2022 and and Captain Marvel moved to to November. So, you know, there's that. Um but yeah, Doctor Strange 2. So, uh, I'm going to butcher this name really badly. Is it I I don't remember how Kevin Feige said it. Is it Zochitl? So, Zocit- I I am sure it's it's horribly mispronounced, but uh Gomez is going to be playing uh America Chavez. And I believe we did hear about this before. Um I believe some reports uh claimed that she was playing uh, America Chavez, but yeah, we got official confirmation uh, and that's great, you know, America Chavez is, is a good character, as a great character from the comics, and um, I think that, you know, I, I think that we'll we'll see how she plays into this this crazy sequel um, that is probably going to see Tom Cruise's Iron Man somewhere, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man probably, uh, seeing as Sam Raimi's directing it, you know, maybe even a Deadpool here, Chris Evans' Fantastic Four, Human Torch, I wouldn't be surprised um but yeah we'll we'll see we'll see how she fits in uh and the second piece of casting news that came out separately and was confirmed is rachel mcadams is coming back as the night nurse uh as christine palmer am i surprised about this um a little bit yeah i mean i I don't know dr strange was off in the sanctum sanctorum doing what she thought were culty things uh for years i guess and then now she's back in his life um because the last time she really saw her was, or saw him was uh, twenty sixteen. Uh, it's twenty twenty three in Marvel years. You know where where has he been? Um, I I don't know. You know, but but she'll she'll be there in some capacity. Um, whether or not they're going to devote a lot of time to her, I don't I don't know. Uh, but but regardless, she's going to be in the movie. And I, I like Rachel McAdams a lot. I like Christine Palmer a lot. Like a lot of Marvel love interest. I don't think they gave her a lot of you know love and attention in that film, it's in terms of as a character. But I think she gave a good performance, and her chemistry with Benedict Cumberbatch was pretty good. So, yeah, excited to see her back and um, see what they what they do with that. Um, and, yeah, that that's uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness for now. Um, but speaking of sequels, yeah, let's talk about Black Panther 2. So, um, I think this is the topic we're going to spend a little bit of time on. I think it's important that we talk about this. So, uh, let me just, you know, repeat the news that I made a video about. Let me just repeat the news, what Kevin Feige said, and we'll talk about what I think about it. So Kevin Feige um, obviously talked about how important Chadwick Boseman was to the Marvel family uh, and said they will not be recasting the film. Uh, uh, recasting the film, recasting the role. Uh, the movie will come out in July now of 2022. Push back a little bit. It will begin production in July of 2022. Uh, 20- 21 um and ryan kugler is working on the script that is all he said about that um so again i i want to be careful here because a lot of people uh, i've had some good conversations with people in the comments uh, about uh, black panther and i want to be careful about this because i think there are a few ways to see this um and i you know the here's the thing um whether or not you you believe that that Black Panther should be recast, T'Challa should be recast or not, I think is 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 one thing. And that's sort of what we're gravitating towards. I think it's also really important to look at the motivations behind the decision. Um, and this is coming from a person who personally believes they should have recast uh, the role. Uh, I I don't necessarily agree with the not recasting, but I also understand why Marvel did it. And I think this is something that a lot of people and a lot of us are missing in thinking about this decision because we are very, you know, film centric, film minded, and um, we, you know, we want to we want to look at these as uh, as film fans, right? And so a lot of people are looking at this and going, well, he shouldn't be recast, or he should be recast because T'Challa this and T'Challa that, and 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 even a lot of people are saying, you know, because you know cultural impact this and T'Challa is a cultural and he's a character that you know transcends and the comic books and all that and that's that's great you know that I, i legitimately think that's great i i do think that we're missing something here um and and what we're missing is the fact that a human being just died um a human being that you may not have known and that i may not have known but a human being who meant a lot to the people at marvel um, whether or not he was black, whether or not he was a superhero, playing a superhero, whether or not he was playing T'Challa, Chadwick Boseman was a beloved person at Marvel Studios. And whether or not you agree with, you know, the, the, the recasting or whatever, you, you, you do have to understand that he had a big impact uh, in the lives of many people. It's evident in those videos, you can find them on YouTube of him going to children's hospitals, of him talking about kids, you know, with cancer and how it broke his heart, um, of him surprising people with Jimmy Fallon. He, he he did, you know, back up everything that people had said about him from Marvel. We, you know, they lost a person that they loved very deeply. So you have to understand that while Kevin Feige has yes decisions to make in terms of story, um honoring Chadwick Boseman is not just about honoring T'Challa as a character. I think a lot of us are only looking at it as, you know, how are we going to deal with T'Challa and Black Panther and, and saying, well, yes, it's good and, and, and good and all uh, to honor Chadwick Boseman, um, but also, you know, the role would have been recast anyways. And I, I get that. It would have been recast eventually. He would have gotten too old to play. I understand. But Chadwick Boseman uh, is a person who meant a lot to a lot of people and he just, he just died. Um and I think we have to acknowledge the fact that Marvel is still grieving. Um, you know, he is a person that meant a lot to to a lot of those people, and and to a lot of you know people around the world. Whether or not he meant a lot to you is irrelevant to the fact that he meant a lot of you know to a lot of people uh, that, around the world. Um, you know, the significance of Black Panther should not be understated. Um, and so I think in not recasting, which I disagree with. And you may disagree with and and if you you know if you want to respectfully disagree leave your thoughts in the comments down below i'm not looking to have fights about this in the comments um please don't please don't be argumentative in the comments guys because look at the end of the day um like i said a person has died who uh was just so beloved by so many people let's let's not you know have fights over his name or the name of of his the character that he so beautifully played um, and, and all of that, you know, and you can disagree with certain things and you can agree. Let's just, you know, if you want to leave your opinions in the comments, that's totally cool. Um, but let's not, you know, sort of, sort of get into, to just dis- disputes over this sort of thing. Um, but going back to the the decision itself, I may not agree with it, but I understand. And I wholeheartedly believe that Kevin Feige made the decision out of love and respect for Chadwick Boseman that I cannot argue with. You know, I can argue with the fact that uh, you know I would have preferred a recast. And once the movie comes out, and whether or not it works in our opinion, in our eyes, that'll be a different discussion. Like we talked about, you know, and it's it's a very similar thing with Leia. Um, I disagreed with the idea of using CGI. I think a recast in that scenario would have been good as well. Although I was a little bit more hesitant about that. but again if you got someone really accomplished to play Leia I I would have been totally fine with that, you know. Um and so, but 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 then, you know, JJ Abrams came out and said, "You know, we're going to we're going to try to honor Carrie Fisher's legacy." And, and I said, "Okay. You know, it's coming from JJ Car- J. Abrams, loved Carrie Fisher. Just as I'm sure Ryan Coogler, who who by the way probably was one of the people to make this decision. It is his movie. Um creatively, um he loves Chadwick Boseman, you know? And um so, so they made those decisions, and and the rise of Skywalker came out, and yeah, it didn't work, you know, the CGI, it it didn't work, and that's okay. I mean, I mean, it's it's you know, we can talk about um, structurally and, and movies and things how it didn't work, but at the end of the day, it, it just it just didn't work. So if Black Panther two comes out and it doesn't work with Shuri or whoever they're gonna go with, that's okay. Um... I mean, you know, you may not like the movie, and that's that's your right to do so. I don't necessarily love *The Rise of Skywalker*, but um, this decision is not being made out of an intent to kill a franchise that I've seen. Um, respectfully, you know, uh, it's it's not out of intent to 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 disrespect anybody. It's it's really for Chadwick Boseman. Just you know, irrespective of the fact that he's he's African American or played T'Challa, Chadwick Boseman as a person. Um, just passed away, and I think that Marvel wants to respect that. So, you know, those are just my two cents on on the matter. Um, again, I I think they should have recast, but I'm not going to question Marvel until I see the film, and and that's that's all there is to it. Um, so again, feel free to leave your thoughts in the comments down below, but but again, make sure um, to to be respectful as always. Um, you know, most of you guys, almost all of you guys, are, are always awesome in the comments, so I have no doubt that that it will be the same here. Um, so anyways, let's move on to the next sequel, which is Captain Marvel 2. And again, the only thing that they really talked about, Miss Marvel, was appearing. Um, you know, great. <laughs> yeah, That's uh, that's about all I have to say about that. Nia Dacosta is working uh, on the script. And um, yeah, you know, that's about it for that film. Uh, and then speaking of films, not much to talk about. Blade is also moving forward. Um, and uh, Mahershala Ali will be there. And yeah, I mean you know, that film will be out sometime, so, sounds great. Now, She-Hulk is another story, because they actually dropped a couple bombs in there. Um, first of all, uh, you know, for all the people who are like, Tatiana- Tatiana Massani is denying that she is She-Hulk, which she did, uh, bizarrely. Well, yeah, she was just, um, doing her due diligence, I guess, for Marvel. She knew she was gonna be in a show with Mark Ruffalo, so, you know, can't- can't spoil that, right? Can't be the one spoiling with Ruffalo. Because, yes, Mark Ruffalo is returning as Hulk. Big surprise. I mean, who didn't see that one coming, right? But here's the bigger news. Uh, Tim Roth is returning as Abomination. So, um, yeah, that's that's a pretty big deal. Because as we've seen in the past few years, Marvel has been picking and choosing little parts of uh, of the Incredible Hulk to sort of bring into the MCU. You know, Thunderbolt Ross has become a big part of the MCU thus far. And uh, Abomination, look, I, I didn't I didn't love him in The Incredible Hulk. That being said, I'm sure Tim Roth is a talented actor and under the direction of um, whoever it's going to be for She-Hulk, I, I forget at the moment who it is, but um, I, I believe that, you know, it's going to turn out fine. I, and, and of course the CGI better be better. It's, it's been 12 years. It'll be, what, 14 years when She-Hulk is released? It better be better, right? Um, so yeah, I have I have no doubt that whatever they're deciding to do with Abomination, which is off you know obviously going to be the Thunderbolts, right? Uh, that that'll be that'll be good. So I'm excited actually to see what they do with him, uh, a little cautiously so, but um, yeah, it is still excitement nonetheless. I think. So the next one, Moon Knight. I'm not going to talk much about because they didn't really talk a lot about. They talked to uh, you know Kevin Feige talked a little bit about how they're going to explore Mark Spector's uh, sort of dissociative uh, uh, condition. Um, which is cool. Uh, I don't think they confirmed Oscar Isaac. I could be wrong about that. I don't remember them confirming Oscar, confirming Oscar Isaac, uh, but, you know, I'm excited for Moon Knight. It's, it's a ways away, so, you know, we'll see what happens with that. But, yeah, excited for the show itself. And then, before we get on to some more big stuff, we only got a little bit left to go, guys. Thank you so much, if you're still listening, uh, for joining me on this. Uh, it's, been, it's been a crazy week for Marvel, and I, I love talking about all this stuff, so it's, you know, it's been great. But, Uh, I'm just going to drop this here because, uh, well, I don't know where else to drop it. Um, (laughs) I didn't want to end the podcast on this note. So, Uh, yeah, there's going to be a a Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, which was hilarious. I laughed out loud um, during the presentation. I mean, that's ridiculous and that's awesome. Uh, And then there's going to be a a Groot, I guess. I don't know if it's animated or or a live action. There's going to be some Groot miniseries with shorts. I think it's animated. So uh, take those for what you will. Uh, if you're looking forward to those, then great. I personally am not particularly. Uh, I mean, the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. Of course, I will watch it. Uh, it's it sounds hilarious, but um, at any rate, yeah, those are those are two projects coming out. But now we're heading into the new shows that they announced. So starting off, we're gonna start off with Armor Wars, which is basically War Machine solo series, and I am not opposed to that at all. Listen, I think it was interesting how he was basically the only Avenger left who didn't get a solo movie or series. Lo and behold, he's got one. I I think that's great. And I think it's also great how, you know, just like how they're bringing in characters from Incredible Hulk and things like that, that Kevin Feige is bringing back an idea from Iron Man 2. What if this suit ended up in the wrong hands? That's the whole court decision, right? What if it ended up in the government's hands? So yeah, you can bet, you can bet, that Justin Hammer is going to be in the show. I mean, how could he not be in this show? Literally, this is Armor Wars, right? Justin Hammer is going to be in the show. Whether or not it's Sam Rockwell remains to be seen. I I mean, you know, unless Sam Rockwell just is way too busy or whatever, and in which case they'll recast him. But, um, it, you know, Sam Rockwell, Justin Hammer, he's going to be in the show. I'm excited for this, actually. I, I didn't know how much I wanted a, a, a War Machine show or how much I would be excited for one, but I actually really am. Uh, and I think if Justin Hammer's in there, listen, I didn't, I didn't love him in Iron Man 2, but I think, of course, Sam Rock was an Academy Award-nominated-winning actor. So, you know, I'm I'm excited for that. And then the second show that they announced was Ironheart. Uh, this one kind of took me by surprise. I, I don't think I was expecting this in the slightest. Uh, they cast Dominic Thorne as uh, Riri Williams, which is, you know, it's great they have casting already, um, listen, to be quite honest with you guys, I, I, not knowing Marvel's full plan for phase four and phase five, because they're announcing tons and tons of stuff. Um, but to me, and, and just as a person who, who knows some big comic book storylines, but, you know, doesn't know in depth and everything, uh, to me, this seems like they're just setting up civil war two. Uh, I don't know the rich history of, of, of Ironheart. I, I know she has a history. She's a pretty recent comic book character. I know that. Uh, but, you know, Civil War 2 being Rui Williams, Ironheart against Captain Marvel, it it seems like they're setting up a Civil War 2 down the line. Maybe that is Captain Marvel 2? Civil War 2? Captain Marvel 2? I I don't know. Maybe that's going to be an... I, I don't know. Um, but that's, you know, on a basic level, not knowing the characters and all that, that's sort of what it seems like. But yeah, I mean, it's interesting how Kevin Feige said she has the most advanced set of armor since Iron Man. So, you know, no connection to Iron Man, I guess, just her own armor. Again, not sure what to make of it yet, uh, but sounds cool, and uh, we'll see what happens with that show. The last new show that they announced was Secret Invasion. This was the Nick Fury show that had been speculated for quite a while. I am so excited for this. You you guys know I have been championing Secret Invasion for the longest time. I... I'm beyond excited for this. Uh, They also confirmed Ben Mendelsohn will be back as Talos. Love that. Love Talos. Um, and yeah, you know, I'm, I'm surprised though that Sacred Invasion wasn't a bigger deal because from the sounds of it, uh, from what they said at the, at the panel, um, it, it sounds like this is going to be a huge earth shattering event, right? Like scrolls have infiltrated every level of society. Um, that's, that's not good. Um, so you know I'm 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 so excited for the show, but th- this sounds like a show for the Avengers? Um, question mark You know, are the Avengers going to be in the show? Um, because I mean, isn't the whole point of the show that they infiltrated the Avengers, right? Um, I I don't know, but at any rate, you know, whatever they decide to do, I, Samuel L. Jackson is is great, uh, Ben Mendelsohn is great, and again, the storyline of Secret Invasion I think is so rich and so. Uh, inviting for so many possibilities. So I am beyond excited for a secret invasion show. Small bit of news. I guess that was confirmed. I'm I'm not entirely sure if that was confirmed at the panel, but I did see that James Gunn confirmed it. Guardians of the Galaxy 3 2023 release date. Uh, we all suspected it. So there it is. Just, you know, some confirmation, which is always a good thing. And finally, the last two films to talk about here, which I think are both going to be big. So Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Uh, great title they missed a huge opportunity though i i'm just saying if you're gonna make ant-man sequels ant-man and the wasp and kang then ant-man and the wasp and kang and stature ant-man and the wasp and kang and stature and hope and hank and v- and janet and iron man and iron heart and you, you, you get the gist um yeah no but I mean seriously though I I mean I just would have loved to see that but but you know all that aside uh yeah we got a title confirmation quantum mania oh, that's a great title in itself um don't know what it means I I'm sure you know exploring the quantum realm again that's that's great as always uh and we got a couple casting confirmations first of all Jonathan Majors is playing Kang the Conqueror that is exciting exciting news um and that ties in directly into the next, the final project, which we'll talk about uh, in just a second. But yeah, Jonathan Majors playing Kang. Listen, this movie is going to be nuts. This movie is going to be absolutely nuts. I have no doubt that it's going to include a certain first family. I, I just, I feel like it's going to happen, especially with the announcement that came after. I'm teasing it, but you you guys don't know what it is. Um, And yeah, and the other, you know, interesting piece of news is that they recast Cassie Lang. Uh, I believe the new actress's name is Catherine Newman, um, and she, she's been in recently film, a, a recent film called Freaky, as well as some other big, bigger films. I Listen, I, I've, I've seen people say, um, why did they recast her? You know, what was wrong with Emma Furman? I don't think anything was wrong with Emma Furman. I think she gave a great performance um, in Ant-Man and, uh, sorry, in, in Avengers Endgame. Uh, the, you know, her scene with Scott Lang, by the way, is one of my favorite in the entire movie, um, in, in an otherwise amazing movie otherwise it makes me in an amazing movie, I should say. I just think that, uh, they, they wanted, they wanted a bigger name profile. Like you get a Haley Steinfeld, for example, uh, you know, for, for young Avengers, right? I think young Avengers is clearly where they're going and stature w- is, is, was always going to be a huge part of that. So I just think it's, it's an attempt to get a bigger name that that's all I think it is. I don't think it has anything to do with, with how she looks, Or or acting well, it might have to do with acting ability, just just comfortability with being in bigger budget films, uh, you know, larger contracts, all that sort of stuff. I again, I don't think it has anything to do with Emma Furman. I think she did a great job. Um, I just I just think they wanted a particular vision for the future of Young Avengers. So, uh yeah, Ant Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, it sounds exciting, but you guys, you guys all know what the last announcement was. We are getting a fantastic four movie. Thank you. Kevin Feige. I had said before um you know the the panel started a couple days before I was I was texting a friend and and we were talking about what what wild predictions do we think is gonna happen uh at the panel and one of them by the way two of them I got two of them right I said Hayden is going to be announced as coming back in Obi-Wan um and I said Fantastic Four is going to be announced. Lo and behold, I missed a couple other things. I thought for sure we were gonna get Toby and Andrew Mm Uh, a casting confirmation for Spider-Man 3. Just ignored that. Uh, it's coming. I'm sure it's coming. But Fantastic Four is coming. Directed by John Watts. Now, John Watts was not my first choice to direct. In fact, I hadn't even thought of him to direct. He, he was always just the Spider-Man director to me. Um, but turns out, you know, I thought about it some more. And he is, you know, with if it weren't Peyton Reed, uh, John Watts is a great choice. He legitimately is a great choice. Um, he he directed the two Spider-Man films, and I think some of the strengths of those Spider-Man films are truly in the character de- uh, inter- interactions, like I said a while ago in the podcast episode. Um, truly, Peter MJ, Peter Ned, Peter Tony, um, you know, Peter Mysterio, it's really in those character interactions uh, that strengthen the action and the, the heroism and and all that sort of stuff in the film. So if anybody, you know, was was getting the, the interactions between characters right, it was John Watts. And I think that's great. Now, interestingly enough, I do believe that this is, uh, aside from the Russos who jumped from Captain America to Avengers, this is the only other um, director in the MCU who is jumping franchises uh, from uh, Spider-Man uh, to Fantastic Four. So does that mean if there's Spider-Man four, Uh, he's not going to direct it. I don't know that. Uh, it probably, that's probably what it does, what it does mean. Um, at, at any rate though, um, it's still, you know, it's still, it's still, it's super exciting. Um, no John Krasinski, no Emily Blunt yet. Uh, listen, if Marvel was willing to listen to us on Haley Steinfeld, because I do believe Haley Steinfeld was rumored to be cast even before Marvel had even thought of it. You know, uh, I'm not, I'm not, you know, hundred percent sure on that. I'm sure she was considered by Marvel, but I think the rumor was out there long before uh, Marvel had really even started to look for a Kate Bishop. If that's any indication, we have been clamoring for a John Krasinski for just a long time. I am a huge fan of The Office. He was great in A Quiet Place. L- listen, Kevin Feige, if you can do one thing for us, come on. Get us a John Krasinski, right? Emily Blunt. You know, one of those two, both of them... It, it just would be perfect casting, right? Um, but you know beggars can't be choosers, um, and the fact is we are getting so much Marvel content, and I think that uh that with that said, that about wraps up the episode. We are at about uh, an hour and fifteen minutes. It guys, there was a lot. Um, there was a lot to talk about. If you're if you've listened through this whole thing, um, thank you so much for listening. It has been a real um, real blast just talking about these these sorts of announcements and things and I think look 2020 was not good for Marvel it was not good for anybody uh let's be clear I I can't think of anybody who who would say 2020 was the best year of their life I I don't know anybody who would say that um that being said though Marvel is ready to bounce back you know they have proven themselves now Uh, They have proven to us that they are ready to give us what we missed in 2020 and then some. And I think that's super important. You know, I think it's super important to just, uh, for Marvel to have come out of the gate at this investors meeting and say, we are back. You know, we are officially back and uh, we are ready. You know, we're ready to release, what, six shows and four movies in a year. That's what's happening in 2021. I think it's going to be something like five shows and four movies in 2022. It's going to be insane. You know, it's going to be absolutely insane. And um yeah, I think after 2020, you know, people talk about Marvel fatigue, but now people just want to see movies. People just want to see Marvel and I think this might have been a, you know, in in that sense, a good thing for Marvel. Uh well, again, we'll have to keep monitoring the Black Widow situation and see see where that goes. Uh, and we will keep monitoring, of course, the Spider Verse situation, uh, the Spider Man three situation. My, my, by the way, my bet is on Homesick for the title. I think that makes a lot of sense. But you know, we'll see. Spider Man, Homesick, uh, Homecoming, Far From Home, Homesick makes sense to me. But you know, whatever. And also Homesick, you know, in this year, I, I don't know. Just it just it just makes sense to me. Um, but yeah, guys, that will about do it for this episode. So again, I want to ask you guys. Uh, first of all, thank you for listening. Um, and the support on the channel this past week with, with all my coverage of the Disney investors meeting and, and more coverage to come my, you know, my channel has gotten more views in the past week, um, than it has gotten basically ever, um, which is crazy. Um, and so thank you guys so much for that support. And, uh, yeah, what the, the plan is for now, uh, to do an episode on, I, you know, next, next Sunday, hopefully. Uh, and then maybe take a two or three week break as we head into christmas and the new year you know just want to give some time off the new cycle is a little slow uh, anyways and so we'll we'll be taking a little bit of a break and just uh, a little bit of a breather uh, uh, regather ourselves for for the new year this is a one man uh, production um you know i don't have an editor or a uh, a designer or anything like that so i got to make all the thumbnails and edit the videos But it's been fun um, but it takes a lot of time. So thank you guys for the support. It means a lot. And yeah, let me uh, ask you as we wrap up this episode again, if you have any questions you want me to address on the show, if you have any comments you want me to, you know, a theory, a speculation, uh, just just general things about the MCU you want to address on the show, because I don't do this live, so I don't have a live chat or anything like that, please send me some questions in the comments section uh, through an email, accessblockbusters at gmail.com. Uh, Instagram, at Access Blockbuster. Send me some questions. I want to really, really start this Marvel mailbag segment because I want to interact with you guys and and talk about things that you guys want to talk about. You know, it's fun talking about the things I want to talk about, but uh, it gets boring, you know? And um, you guys are here and you guys have been supportive, so uh, let's make that happen. And yeah, thank you uh, so much for listening. Guys, that'll about do it for this week's episode of Marvel Mania. Uh, Take care, stay safe, and we'll see you in the next episode. (laughs)